Boozed and Confused is a comedy and weird topic podcast. Adult language may be used probably by me. While our episode topics may be educational in nature, we are not responsible if your children start dropping the F-bomb to their kindergarten class. Listener discretion is advised. everybody hey happy new year we made it this is not a happy new year this is like a this is, it's like another day this is another day it's 2021 who cares it's 2020 part two <laughs> i hope not but just kidding i want to bring back the killer wasps the murder hornets yeah let's go back to the part of quarantine where it was actually fun all right I'm Carol Ann. Mm. I'm Matt. And this is Boozed and Confused. Boozed and Confused. If this is your first time joining, welcome. Uh, we are a weekly podcast that talks about weird topics that you find on the internet. If you have listened to us before, welcome back. If you haven't, welcome back. <laughs> we have a very interesting topic for you today. Oh, yeah, totally. I, I <laughs> have no idea what it is. I am driving today's episode, uh, but before we get into it, a couple of notes to get into before, and if you've listened before, they're housekeeping, and you know what they are. The first one. We are on all of your favorite social media platforms like Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, come hang out with us. I post some really dank memes sometimes, and... Uh, get to interact on Twitter with a lot of other really neat podcasts. So highly recommend. They're great. And uh, if social media isn't really your jam, but you want to send us a message, you can send us a message at boostandconfusedpodcast at gmail.com. And if it's a story, we'd love to read it. Uh, let us know, you know, if we get rights. <laughs> I don't think rights is the word I'm looking for. Let us know if you want us to read it on the air, basically. We want to avoid copyright infringement yeah. and stuff. <laughs> um, next item is if you like the pod and you want to support us, the best way that you can do that is by leaving us a review on your platform of choice. I think Apple Podcasts is probably the most popular one, but it really does help us out. It helps other people find us. Um, it helps the algorithm for all of the ways that that works. Um, yeah, and it just helps other people be able to find the pod um, if you're not telling people by word of mouth. And this also goes for all the other podcasts that you listen to. Maybe just like take 20 minutes, leave leave all your favorite podcasts and reviews because uh, it does make a difference. You can send me, um, I don't know, like $5 um, via Carrier Pigeon. They send you $5? Us. <laughs> Why? For what? Stuff. That's not sketchy at all. Please don't send us any money. But if you leave us a review uh, and you take a screenshot and you send it to us, we will send you some boost and confused stickers for free. So if that's enticing at all, they're pretty sweet stickers. So I'm a big fan. Such a big fan that I think we ordered like 4,000 of them. Please help us get rid of our stickers. <laughs> the cats are learning how to use them. <laughs> all right. 
And last bit of housekeeping before we dive into today's doozy of a topic. What are you drinking? I am sipping on a 14-year Belvaney. Uh, it's aged in a uh, rum barrel, and it's it's super awesome and, and lovely. Actually, our our neighbor like knocked on the door and said, "Thanks for being a good neighbor," and gave it to me. And so it's just really nice, and it's it's really good. So I had it's to try it out. Pronounced Belvaney. Yeah, it's Belvaney. I've been calling it like Belvaney this whole time that's fine. i would really hate that i'm the wrong one <laughs> i'm almost positive it's bell wait i trust your opinion more than mine. yeah um cool and as announced on last week's episode i can't drink because i've got a human inside of me so i'm drinking blueberry tea what instead <laughs> i'm shocked it's been like four and a half months, and that has been the same joke consistently each time I tell somebody. So, without further ado, today's topic. Yeah, what is it? I have literally no idea. I've spent all weekend hanging pictures and stuff. <laughs> Today, we are talking about how Kodak, the camera company, accidentally discovered atomic bomb testing within the United States. So, you're saying that we wouldn't have known about it you know there is a lot of backstory and a lot of context we would have known but uh turns out we didn't really know the extent until like the 90s oh damn yeah this is kind of like one of those things where it's like we would have known a lot less mm, probably yeah this is like aliens yeah exactly I really hope, speaking of aliens, I hope Trump just drops <laughs> his way all out. <laughs> the news on what, uh, January 19th? Yeah. yeah. Like, good riddance, but I hope he drops all the news. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we'll do, like, a special episode if that happens, just of all the crazy shit that Trump drops on his Twitter. But we'll see. People are quick with screenshots, so, uh, Yeah. So this week has been um, a lot of discoveries for me personally. So I started reading Man's Search for Meaning, which highly recommend if you haven't read it. Um, there are things from World War II that I'm learning for the first time. And this takes me back to the um, Hitler was super coked up <laughs> thing that I learned a few weeks ago on that episode about how drugs fueled the Third Reich. Um, I don't think Catholic education would have included that in any of our, our lessons of World War II. But um, the new topic that I learned this week was also around World War II, but uh, this time I learned it actually from a TikTok. You mean they're teaching us now? They're, they're teaching us things. Look, I think, I think of D.A.R.E., which was like what we both had, uh, the drug and alcohol... Mm -hmm and attitude you said no it was just drug and alcohol resistance um if they wanted to really nail in you know don't do drugs if you do drugs you're a nazi oh gosh it's effective simple yet effective Ooh, this, this might be a little too far off topic and you can totally erase this if you want um you know i was raised in catholic education we had one jewish kid in our class like just one uh we had a sub and she 
was uh, you know, like talking to us, and she said something so bad. Uh, she, uh, you know, I was like driving by a Jewish cemetery today, and I just thought they're all in hell right now. Oh my god! And this Jewish kid. Oh my god! Oh, he's a good guy though, but that was pretty horrible for of her to say. All right, great. Uh, so <laughs> back to TikTok. Um, I will say you have to be careful with TikToks because a lot of times people um, are like very confidently incorrect and try to like knowledge bomb you and then it turns out they're just completely full of shit. So always fact check things, you know, on the internet, especially TikToks. But um, I did some digging into this topic and it turns out the TikTok was actually 100% correct and it totally blew my mind. I'm ready. All right. So before we get into the Kodak discovery part of this topic, let's get into the backstory of what was being tested. So the Trinity test, which is the primary part of today's discussion, was part of the Manhattan Project. And a quick TLDR for anyone who doesn't know, the Manhattan Project uh, was research and development during World War II that was led by the U.S. with some involvement from the U.S. and Canada. Um, with a goal of producing nuclear weapons. Spoiler alert, they were successful. I hope that wasn't too much of a spoiler, but you get the idea. Okay. All right, so the Trinity test. This was the first detonation of a nuclear device, and it took place on July 16th, 1945, at around 5.30 in the morning. Isn't that like our anniversary? That our is our anniversary. anniversary. <laughs> yeah. We have like three anniversaries We now. only have two. Seven anniversaries. We only have two. The Trinity test took place at the USAAF Alamogordo Alamo oh Alamo Bombing and Gunnery Range in Jornada del Muerto Desert, about 35 miles southeast of um, Socorro, New Mexico. So the timing of this is important, not only because it's our dating anniversary, but uh, because another spoiler, three weeks after this, uh, the U.S. would drop atomic bombs on Japan. What? Yeah. Spoiler alert. So uh, here's a weird part of the Trinity test. The name Trinity was chosen by J. Robert Oppenheimer, who was the director of the Los Alamos Laboratory and was inspired by the poetry of John Donne. John Donne was an English poet and considered the greatest love poet in the English language. Aww. And a question that I have that I'm sure is on everybody else's minds, how in the fuck does that inspire the name of an, an atomic bomb test? Something about chemistry. Yeah. I mean, okay, so I don't think like this part that I'm about to say is exactly what inspired the name, but like this is one of the famous quotes from him. <laughs> When one man dies, one chapter is not torn out of one book, but translated into a better language. So if <laughs> we kill millions of people, um, how many people were killed? In, oh, I don't even want to think about it. Are you talking about the... In, At the bombing. Yeah, in the bombing. Yeah, okay. So um, the point here that I was going to say, and I'm so this is why we're married, because you're making the same point that I was going to make. It's a lot uh, of new languages. When 129,000 to 226,000 people, who are mostly civilians in Japanese cities, die, uh, it's just called Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Worst story ever. Terrible story. 
Okay. So now for the actual explosion. And this is from history.com, this next blip that I'm going to read. When the bomb finally detonated atop a steel tower, an intense light flash and sudden wave of heat was followed by a great burst of sound echoing in the valley. A ball of fire tore up into the sky and then was summoned by a giant mushroom cloud stretching some 40,000 feet across. With a power equivalent to around 21,000 tons of TNT, the bomb completely obliterated the steel tower on which it rested. So this is the test that they did. This is the Trinity test, yes. Okay, that's huge. Yeah, that's that's massive. Yeah, um, and if anybody's going on a nice little road trip, you know, quarantine road trip, uh, the site is now a National Historic Landmark District, <laughs> declared in 1965, and it's on the National Register of Historic Places. You know, like, they always talk about bombs being, like, so many tons of dynamite mm-hmm. or TNT. My only reference for the strength of this is like Wiley e. Coyote, yeah, and the Roadrunner, yeah, and like it blows up in his hand, mm-hmm. and that's that's it. That's my only reference. Yeah, I would say most people are probably on that wavelength. But it's like megatons. How many Wiley e. Coyotes holding a stick of dynamite would it take to match that? If someone could do that math and then let us know, that would be great. I'm not great at math. Speaking of TikTok, there's that guy on TikTok who can guess your height by looking at like you holding a coffee cup. Mm-hmm. That's the guy who yeah. we need to hire for this. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, I'll reach out to him and see what he says. Um, but with that, so now you have a good overview of the Trinity test. All right. And you can imagine that the Trinity test was not something that was really supposed to be widely known at all. Um, so there was a nuclear arms race of some sorts, if you will of the U.S. and the Axis powers during World War II. The Manhattan Project was kept pretty under wraps to keep information safe from German spies, obviously. And fun fact, it was actually so closely guarded that even as Vice President Truman uh, didn't even know about the Manhattan Project, basically, um, or the progress that was being made until he became president when FDR died. That's how out of the loop he was. This is what I'm talking about you know it being discovered by kodak mm-hmm. if the vp doesn't even know what's going yeah, on yeah exactly you know that's you can gotta you, wonder <laughs> you gotta wonder what's going on right now can you imagine so fdr dies truman becomes president truman is given like the folder i think that like all presidents it's are given case yeah and then the first thing is like the manhattan project and he'd probably be like holy shit I resign. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. No, thank you. And so uh, you're probably thinking, okay, yes, uh, this is supposed to be kept under wraps, but atomic bombs are super loud, right? So how do you, how do you cover that up? How do you pretend like that didn't happen? I have some theories. Okay. Yeah. You have lots of um, fireworks shows happening <laughs> simultaneously nearby. Okay. You go on Facebook and say gunshots? Yeah, exactly. Um, That's it. Yeah. Those are the only two theories I have. Uh, Facebook mom's post, uh, fireworks, gunshots, Mm -hmm. or actual fireworks show. Yeah. So those are both 
really close. Um, really? The U.S. government was just planning on lying about the sound to civilians uh, and just telling them it was an accidental explosion of, uh, you know, conventional explosives. Oh. Whoopsies. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> this that... is why we have such a big military budget. We're sorry. That actually makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. sorry. We're just doing regular explosives. None of those spicy explosives. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing to see here, boss. Um, okay, so keep that in mind. The U.S. government was planning on just lying to people. Keep that in mind. We're going to come back to that. So if this was such a secret project, how in the fuck did Kodak, of all companies uh, or people, really discover that the U.S. was testing atomic bombs? We'll find out after a word from our sponsors. Wait, we have sponsors now? No, I'm just kidding. We don't have any sponsors. <laughs> Do you remember in the grade school dances, you'd always get those uh, disposable cameras? Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember those. I remember yeah. um, you'd like prime the light and then you'd slap the camera and it would flash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Trinity test happens. Obviously, being it's 2021, we've learned a lot over time that when atomic bombs detonate, uh, it's not just like a pretty and explosive cloud in the sky that just happens there's tons and tons and fuck tons of radiation there's so much radiation oh my god and the radiation doesn't just it doesn't just sit there it doesn't just like settle doesn't it like float around and like yes. like it gets caught in like the wind streams yes. and stuff yes exactly yeah. okay so kodak's headquarters are about 1900 miles away from that test site in new mexico and almost immediately after the Trinity test, Kodak starts receiving a huge increase in complaints from customers about their film after they were developing it. I see where this is going. Yes. Aha. Uh-huh. The, the light is going off. So these customers were complaining that their x-ray film was foggy after being developed and small black dots were showing up on the film. And so it's kind of important to note, like, the x-ray film is more sensitive than just the regular like photo film that most people used or use i don't know if the film is like still a thing anymore uh except for maybe like those cool little oh geez what are they called what are they called oh where you print you you take a picture no you take a picture and then the picture prints out and then yeah oh lady gaga runs it now um polaroid Shake it like a Polaroid picture. This is okay. I don't. I don't think any of that was accurate. But all right. So <laughs> Lady Gaga definitely is like one of like the at Polaroid. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. It's a thing. I'm gonna fact check that. And after then this the song over. was you know, "Hey Ya" uh, by Outkast. Yes. I'm okay. All right. So uh even the for the x-ray film it means that even the tiniest amount of light exposure would make your x-ray film just completely useless right so people are developing these pictures and it's like the film is being developed in just sporadic areas there's like black dots all over the film and kodak scientists had no idea what would cause this issue so you can imagine being part of kodak you're super pissed because you pour all of this time and investment into creating factories uh, where this film is being produced uh, so that you could design it specifically to prevent these kinds of issues in the first place. Because if you think about it, Kodak is pretty trusted for 
film in the industry in the film industry and uh their reputation is being damaged because all these people have all these issues all of a sudden out of the blue so if the film itself is so easily damaged in the light is the factory in the dark we're gonna get to that that's a good question so they poured tons of research and effort also uh, into making sure the film's packaging would protect the film during shipping so that they could avoid these kinds of issues. And within the manufacturing process for the packaging materials, Kodak controlled the entire process to make sure there was no radioactive contamination along the way. And to maintain that kind of control, they owned and operated the paper mills that produced the cardboard packaging. And one of them just happened to be located in Indiana in a place called Vincennes. Vin Vincennes? Yeah. Vin Vincennes? Vincennes. I'm going with Vincennes. Isn't there a street yes. that we always drive by called whatever that is? Yes. Vincennes. Okay. Indiana people don't come for me if that's wrong. Whatever. One of the Kodak scientists starts taking matters into his own hands if you will, and starts doing some digging to find the source of the fogging. And this guy's name is Julian H. Webb, uh, the scientist, uh, and he traces it back to the packaging that was coming from that mill in Indiana. He learns that the spots weren't caused by radium, which was actually like the most common issue for Kodak at the time, uh, but they were being caused by a new radioactive isotope that had never been accounted for before. Can you, yeah, can you imagine like how fucking terrifying that would be to be that scientist and be like, holy shit. <sighs> hey guys, I discovered something. Hey government, guess yeah. what I discovered? <laughs> oh. And then oh. he has a misfortunate accident. <laughs> can you come in to talk about this new isotope? Yeah, exactly. Don't tell your friends you're coming here though. Yeah, this is top yeah. secrets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... As he continues doing this digging into the Indiana plant, word gets back to him that not only were issues coming from that Indiana plant, they were also coming from a plant in Iowa as well. And these plants are like 450 miles away from one another, uh, but the issues in the isotopes that were found were identical. So there was like pretty much no denying that they were related. This is that good science. Yeah, this is, oh, speaking of that good science. We're going to get a little technical here. And uh -oh. and by we, I mean the parts of uh, interesting engineering that I'm going to be using to guide the next parts of this discussion because I'm not qualified to even pretend like I know this information on my own. This I'm, is fine. I'm not smart enough to paraphrase this part. So uh, Just because we have the microphones doesn't mean we're smart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So thank you again to interesting engineering for these next bits that I will be reading out. Uh, you can find the entire article in the show notes for reference, and I highly recommend checking it out because it's a super interesting article with some really great um, extra bits of info. There are three main red flags that Webb finds. The first one. We're 
getting technical here. I don't have a science background. So the first one, <laughs> Webb discovered that the flaws were coming from beta particle radiation, not alpha particle. Ah, this makes so much. Oh, sense. this is textbook. <laughs> yeah, no, textbook this makes stuff. so much more sense now. Uh, so beta particle radiation penetrates skin, paper, and other materials with ease, and is also considered to be dangerous. Which you would hear that now, and you'd be like, "Yeah, well, no shit." But back then, it's not like that was really common knowledge to yeah, the it, average American. Yeah. No, this is like third grade stuff here. Really rudimentary. <laughs> Real simple stuff. So alpha particle radiation, on the other hand, can be stopped by paper and is generally not considered dangerous unless ingested, which makes sense because the issues that Kodak originally had were from the alpha particle radiation. Therefore, uh, their paper packaging was all under control and was meant to protect the film. Yada, yada, yada. You get the idea. All right. Red flag number two. Okay. Okay. So Webb began investigating even further, and he discovered the half-life of the particles was 30 days, meaning that the source of all of this radiation had to have occurred recently. Mm-hmm. And notably, this discovery would eventually allow Webb to later identify the particles as cerium-141, one of the most common products of nuclear fission. Again, this is rudimentary stuff. Rudimentary. Yeah, I mean, really, just... it's insulting that you're even saying these things. <laughs> I'm sorry that, uh, you know, I feel like I have to explain these very textbook, uh, very basic understandings. I learned this stuff on the that, like, rug in kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah. Your, like, rug time was just... The rug time. Yeah. It wasn't Legos. Nuclear... Nuclear fission. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. All right, the third point. At this point, the metaphorical film of Julian Webb was developed, and he concluded there was no possible way for this contamination to have come from anything other than an atomic bomb detonation. In a report released in 1949, he states, The most likely explanation of the source of this radioactive contaminant appears that it had consisted of wind-borne radioactive fission products derived from the atom bomb detonated in New Mexico on July 16th, 1945. All right, I'm going to go back to that for a second. That was not a typo. I did not misspeak. That report came out in 1949, but he knew this in 1945. Why didn't he say anything before? Here's why. It's government. National security. (laughs) Oh, I was going to say John Dunn. Yeah, I mean, you could, like, the government could say anything as a matter of national security just to shut you the hell up. Webb was probably more in the know of this than some of the others, um, especially the other Kodak scientists, because he himself had previously worked on the Manhattan Project. Full circle. What? Yes. Yes. Amazing. Uh, So we've learned the connection between the Trinity test and the Kodak discovery. Uh, and that means we better wrap this up. Psych! We're not done. Bet you thought it would stop there, but it's not. It's only about halfway through. (laughs) So you're saying the Kodak guy used to be a government guy. Yeah. And he's like, wait, I remember this. Yeah, wait a second. Yes. Um, so let's go back to that part of tons and tons of radiation that doesn't just sit where it explodes. All right. Uh, So Webb's discovery proves that the Trinity test had fallout that traveled for hundreds and honestly, probably like thousands of miles across the U.S. And is that not kind of terrifying? Yeah, it's pretty bad. 
So scientists who were working on the Manhattan Project predicted this, and it was not a shock, really, to any of them, of course. In fact, leading researchers on the Manhattan Project uh, made some recommendations to avoid things like this happening. There were two main recommendations, and the first one was that nuclear testing sites should be established on the East Coast, uh, which would prevent the air currents from carrying the fallout west across the entire United States. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And tests should be carried out at least 150 miles from civilian populations. I feel like those are two very basic things. Like, pretty easy. Like, don't know what's so hard about them. And these recommendations existed, they were made to the U.S. government, and unsurprisingly, they were completely ignored, like a good U.S. government does. Uh, And the U.S. government does something against the interests of its people, which is not shocking. Never. National security, they'll say. All right, so despite those recommendations, the government chose to test in New Mexico and at the Nevada Proving Ground, which is a little bit later on from World War II. Um, but that was only 100 miles from Las Vegas. You know, you're a little under that 150 number that was given. It's just a recommendation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just guidelines. That's a ballpark estimate. It's fine. So it's speculated that um, that was chosen purely out of convenience to allow for faster testing and development. Oh, I'm sorry we inconvenienced uh, like the entire U.S. population to potential radiation exposure. You know, uh, it's just convenient for us. National security. (laughs) National security. So, all right. We're going to revisit the whole thing about the U.S. government lying to people to cover themselves. Here's another lie. They completely downplayed the negative health effects of radiation. Does that come as a surprise? No. To anybody? No. (laughs) I'm almost shocked that they didn't put out an ad campaign that was like, Go sit outside at this time and soak up all the vitamins from the sun. God. Extra spicy today. <laughs> Very spicy vitamin D. All right. So we're going to fast forward a little bit. We're out of World War I. Uh, it's 1951. And there is atomic bomb testing. What? Word of what? World War? World War World War Two. <laughs> Sort a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, okay. World War II. <laughs> I got baby brain sometimes. Just leave me alone. Uh, so we're out of World War II. There we go. And it's 1951, and atomic bomb testing is happening at the uh, Nevada Proving Ground that we just talked a mm-hmm. little bit about. And so after these tests are done, uh, Kodak's headquarters in Rochester, New Jersey, which is about 2,500 miles away, started registering 25 times above background radiation on a Geiger counter. Nope. Jesus. All right. So Kodak, (laughs) who just went through this, like, not too long ago, pretty understandably was like, guys, what the fuck? You know, and they were pretty worried. Because not only is it, I mean, you you can understand from a scientific perspective the effects of radiation on people. Uh, but also from a business perspective, like this is ruining their business and it's it's putting their reputation at risk, basically. And it's not just them. It's like the entire film industry, honestly. I only have two references to uh, radiation exposure. 
and one of them is um that hbo miniseries that we watched chernobyl oh yeah yeah that's one and then i had a science teacher in seventh grade who um said that the class was full of dumb rabbits who stare at the microwave (laughs) and so i put two and two together and i don't stare in the microwave are you a dumb rabbit I think it was a bunny rabbit, but yeah, she was super mean, but like loving. And I feel like that's just like like the era that I grew up in. It was like it's like mean but loving teachers. And people wonder why millennials have such dark humor. I don't know. Just maybe it's the teachers. Maybe it's the crippling depression. Who knows? I'll never tell. <laughs> All right. So Kodak uh, again is like pretty upset about what's going on, and they contact. The Atomic Energy Commission, who's like, you know what, guys, you don't even have to worry about it. Sure, you can put a press release out, you know, you know, if you want to talk about the radiation, that's fine. But there's really nothing to raise alarms about. Everything is fine. It's just like microwaves. Yeah. And so Kodak, who um, is obviously pissed, threatens to sue the government for damage to their products. Because, again, from the business perspective... It is ruining their reputation. It's really causing them a lot of um, damage. So in hopes to keep things secret, the government comes to an agreement with Kodak and they would be given dates of future tests and predicted fallout patterns. And all they had to do was keep their mouths closed. (laughs) That was that. (laughs) You don't tell nobody about our nukes. You can make your papers. We're going to fast forward again. A little bit more to the late 90s. We're getting pretty recent here. Uh, but the 90s, what a time to be alive. The 90s are no longer recent. No, they they were uh, about five years ago. So, all right. In the late 90s, around like 97-ish, uh, the National Cancer Institute releases findings <laughs> that linked the Trinity nuclear tests to tens of thousands of instances of thyroid cancer and other negative health effects, which I'm sure everybody saw coming. And because of this report, uh, Congress holds hearings and government officials who kept the testing secret were questioned. And I'm sure they were like, well, it's national security or like i don't remember i don't recall i don't recall there we go so the tldr of these hearings is that uh it was pretty fucking clear to the public that every single person in the united states who was alive during these tests was at risk of negative effects from the fallout what the fuck every single person in the u.s because of where they tested was at risk National. National. Security. Security. <laughs> I'm not surprised one bit that the government would do that. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, not shocked at all. Uh, and so, again, going back to interesting engineering, which is the primary source for today's topic, um, there's this chart uh, on the article that shows the exposure from nuclear test bombs across the United States. And I would... Highly, highly, highly recommend checking it out to get a full understanding of the impact of these tests because it's not just that the radiation is carried in the wind and gone, it's absorbed into the food chain. And so researchers were also particularly concerned about the contamination of milk. Milk, of all things. 
Somebody, somebody, get, somebody get this man a glass of milk. Get that spicy milk. <laughs> Here's the thing. All they had to do is just not fucking test in those places and find somewhere else to test. They knew the dangers ahead of time and they just did not give a shit because it was convenient. You know, this is all reminding me of um, Watchmen, Dr. Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yes. That's all. That's all. I, I'm not <laughs> far enough. <laughs> I'm not far enough in in the comic to make any further comments. So that that about wraps it up for today. So we learned about the Trinity tests. Uh, we learned how Kodak discovered atomic bombing, bombing, atomic bombing, atomic bomb testing uh, before like 99.99% of the rest of the world. Uh, and we learned about a massive cover up from the U.S. government that put every Single American alive at risk. Look, they don't cover things up anymore. They've learned. I mean, they, they might still try. Speaking of. Speaking of, I was kind of right and wrong about Lady Gaga. Oh, God, and Polaroid. we're going back to this. Uh, she was the creative director, which is basically just like, a you know, she has ideas. But they creative part of ways. director for what? Polaroid. I still, I'm still gonna. Have she to look was this up on my own. no. She was on the board, but then they parted ways in like 2014. All right, I'll have to look that up. You guys should look it up at home too. Don't take, I looked it don't up Don't take already. anything we take say. Take my word for it. I looked value. it up. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> question that I have for everybody at home: What is everyone's favorite U.S. government cover-up? <laughs> Ooh. And it can be ones that we know about publicly or ones that aren't really known yet. If you're a Kodak scientist and you've discovered some kind of bomb testing uh, before the rest of the world, this is a safe space. You could tell us. Let us know. What's my favorite government cover-up? Maybe we'll do an episode of like the most fucked up, like top 10 most fucked up government cover-ups. I think my favorite cover-up is that Mitch McConnell... (laughs) Is actually a turtle? Not a turtle. No. See, they they the government will hear these theories and they'll kind of project them. No, I think he's actually made of wax. Yeah, I could believe it. I think he's made of wax. I've never seen him wear shorts. I feel like everything besides his hands and his face is just like wiring. Oh, I see what you're saying. It could be like one of those new Cylons. So, yeah, I think that about sums it up for today. Uh, Let us know what your favorite government. You know what? Let's expand outside of the U.S. Let's just do government cover-ups in general. Um, I feel like depending on the country, some might be more bold than others. But I'm curious. Yeah, one of my other ones is ancient Egypt's government covered up aliens. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what the whole Ancient Alien show is about, isn't My it? My favorite show. So good. I'm like two or three, de- uh, two or three degrees separated from the hair guy. Oh, I'm not going through this again. I don't know how. I just I remember it's like I know someone who knows someone who's married to him. It's probably okay. through my Greek uh, connections. Okay, well, I'll I'll fact check Lady Gaga and then I'll fact check your six degrees of separation. You know what? Theoretically, we're all six degrees of separation from Mitch McConnell, too. So 
it's the worst part of my degrees. It's, <laughs> that's, that's the worst part of my life is knowing that I probably know someone oh, who knows God. someone who knows Mitch McConnell. Yeah. All right. And there you have it. So Kodak accidentally discovered atomic bomb testing within the United States. Uh, the government gave them some heads up about future testing in the 50s so that they'd keep their mouth shut. And then it comes out in the 90s that uh, a fuckload of people got sick from all that radiation. Shocking. Is it shocking? No. It's not shocking. No, not in the slightest. All right. That's it for us for this week. We'll see you next Monday. Thanks for joining us if you made it this far. Hey, yeah, good job. Yeah. Very good job. Good for you. And we hope you have a fantastic first year, first year, fuck, first week of 2020. Maybe this is the first year. Maybe, maybe 20, oh my God, and I said 2020. Oh, we're back. Woo. All right, starting this over. Have a fantastic first week of 2021. I bet Mitch McConnell smells like rotten fish. Good day, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>